Welcome to Oikast. I hear green. The podcast presented by Oikos Vienna. Another episode of Oikast, the podcast presented by Oikos Vienna. Today we have a follow-up episode on the topic of SDGs. Together with Lea Katharina Reis and Tulia Andrigetto, we'll talk a little bit in more detail about SDG 5, gender equality, and how Lea and Julia incorporate the topic into the everyday research. First of all, thank you for being here. Please introduce yourself briefly and describe a little bit what you do. Thank you for having us. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Hi, um, my name is Leah. I will start sure, if, if you don't ahead. mind. Uh, Leah Reis, and I work at uh, the, the University of uh, Business and Economics in Vienna. Um, and my PhD actually focuses on uh, intersections of social class and gender. Um, in the context of working lives. And uh, my name is Julia Andrighetto. I'm a, a PhD candidate at the Department of Sociology of the University of Vienna. I also work for um, the research platform GAIN, which is a new research platform at the University of Vienna that um, GAIN, I mean, GAIN stands for Gender Ambivalent Invisibilities. And we're a group of researchers engaged in and the studies from different disciplines. And what I work on um, currently with my PhD research is to uh, try to uh, reflect together um, on projects of economic transformation, like private initiatives of economic transformation and uh, relational um, transformation in the sense of group of people who decide to come together and um, somehow, yeah, try to, to, to implement solidarity economic practices, but also, of course, by coming together, questioning a bit the relational frameworks with which they, they interact. So that's a little bit what I work on at the moment. So do you know each other from the scientific community or did you meet in another way? Kind yes, of, we actually. kind of do, no? Yeah. yeah. So we have a friend in common who we also work together with, who is a colleague, uh, colleague of ours. And uh, I actually got in touch with Julia because Julia um, organizes a PhD network group who, um, who are all doing um, different kinds of gender studies yes, from different all, dis disciplines. Yeah. yeah, if you want, maybe I can say something yeah, about that. Yeah. We are all um, PhD and a couple of postdoc um, researchers from the University of Vienna and uh, yeah it's a new PhD network we we created it um, last year actually with the idea of um, you know coming together and I mean first of all I mean create a bit of a community within the University of Vienna of people who are working on these topics or interested in 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 these topics and research methodologies and so on. So I think you came to a meeting eventually. Yeah. 
So the thing this is um, of ours that we have in common yeah. that I was uh, noticing that I was uh, missing um, people at my university at the University of Business and Economics doing gender studies because there are not so many um, and I was excited to get to know more people who are also doing gender studies um, in other fields and to to be part of a research group who, who are interested in the same topics. Hmm. And the University of Vienna doesn't have a department of gender studies. So actually, what we did is we created a, a network to at least informally connect us. And I mean, informally in the sense that we meet informally, but we do, I mean, we do a lot of things together. So like research wise and so on. Mm -hmm. That network sounds really interesting. So is it a network for just female scientists or is basically everyone included who does research on the topic of gender equality? No, actually everyone included who either, I mean, everyone included from the University of Vienna, that is for now the, let's say, um, the, the space that we are occupying, we are one, we do wonder if it wouldn't be interesting also to do things with other universities, but for now it's just PhD and postdocs of the University of Vienna, does not matter the gender actually, um, there is, of course, I mean, and that is, if you want a little bit, the, um, the sad thing, I guess, of doing gender studies is that it remains somehow a topic or a field of studies that seems to be particularly um, dominated, as I would say, or occupied by, by Flinter people. Mm -hmm. So people who identify either as woman, trans or non-binary people. Uh, or intersex, of course. So yeah, I mean, it's open to everyone. Then, of course, the question of who is actually participating reflects um, different dynamics, of course. But yeah. So it's for space to interact and support each other on your research, etc. Yes, exactly. That's what we do. Uh, we we wanted to, I mean, get to know each other first of all. We don't have, let's say, we when we started, we didn't we didn't have specific goals. Um, we thought that they would somehow, you know, we would we would define them together. Um, it's a, I mean, it's a network of peers, so there is no hierarchical structure. So the idea is a little bit to come with. Um, you know, to, to come to each meeting with different topics and for the upcom for the following meetings. Um, and uh, depending on, you know, what is on, um, on anyone's mind, be it, you know, mental health in academia, be it, you know, uh, more um, institutional related um, aspects of, I don't know, how to do networking, how to do research abroad, how to publish, how to do teaching, um yeah it, it covers you know a variety of topics that we think uh, might be relevant for us and it also actually um we also started doing uh research together through that network because yeah. we actually got yeah. to know each other through the through the group and uh, starting started figuring out that we actually have um, interest in common and that we want to want to also publish together and go to conferences together and uh mm -hmm. And that's actually how we how we started this new project that we're working on and that we just turned it in for a conference uh, on gender work and organizations. Um, and yeah, that's the yeah. project uh, that we're doing right now together with another colleague of ours. I mean, that's uh, that's what happens when people come together. I mean, belong into that same scientific community and noticing, oh, actually, we do 
we do things that somehow overlap or intersect. So why not uh, supporting each other in, in, in doing that work? And of course, you know, working collectively, I, this is my opinion, also increases the quality of the work that you do inevitably. You can really see this in, in this project also because we bring data together and different yeah. theoretical approaches. And I think it really benefits from, from the different perspectives that sure. we bring together. For yeah. sure. Since you already mentioned the project a little bit that you're working on together, um, could you tell us a little bit more about it? What exactly are you doing and how does it relate to gender equality? So um, maybe I can briefly start and you can elaborate. Um, sure. So we, we wanted to, to look at um, different kinds of relations um, and relationships, uh, queer and also heteronormative relationships, and look at how um, the, the topics of, uh, of property and relationships interact and how uh, that manifests also in, uh, in gendered aspects and how um, inequalities are reproduced and also how they can be challenged through different forms of, uh, of, of sharing economics together. Yeah. yeah, I think we were, we were, we are interested on this, um, you know, dynamics of resistance, but also of reproduction. Um, and we wanted a little bit to question, you know, because of course, very often we look at like, we, we think, oh, you know, nuclear families are these family forms that are maybe still, you know, um, entangled or the ones that reproduce the most certain gender and economic uh, dynamics, which, I mean, it is certainly the case, but we were like, is it really the case that, you know, queer families, which is the, you know, topic of research of these colleagues, and for me, it's more this, uh, I, I call them solidarity communities, or gemeinsame Ökonomie in, in German, you know, is it, these are, let's say, projects that want to, or, or that at least present themselves as being transformative and, you know, act like activist, political, and so on, and they certainly are. But the question of, okay, to what extent are they maybe also engaged in, in unawarely uh, reproducing some of those, you know, economic patterns or, although being engaged in, in, in practice to try to, to do things differently, so to say. So it was a little bit, you know, this critical view and we thought, oh, actually our <laughs> three spaces of research are very, very much compatible in that sense because they look into different groups but they have very similar interests yeah so like research the, interest the the three groups that we're actually uh, looking in are uh, those uh, hetero relationships of of women that i did interviews with and uh, the other group is uh, queer families that Verena is doing research on our colleague. Yeah, we should have maybe mentioned um, her name, Verena yeah, Kettner Verena from the Kettner. University of Vienna. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, and you're doing uh, that research on, on those uh, shared firms. Of yeah, solidarity um, economy groups. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that's like the different kinds of, uh, of settings that we're bringing together in our research. And we find that in all those spaces, um, actually gender dynamics are, are can be discovered and and uh, can like they try to challenge but also reproduce a lot of uh, of norms and and values and patterns in those relationships 
Because it's never either or. No, that's also the whole point, I think, of, of um, doing research with this um, gender, well, with this, you know, intersectional and feminist perspective in mind is that there's not either or, it's not all resisting something and all reproducing something, but rather there's a lot of these shades of gray in between. And a lot of complicities also in how some patterns are still reproduced, even with the most um, um, ambitious uh, goals of emancipation, of course. Mm -hmm. And within this project, you are focusing on the global north, right? Yeah. May I say yeah, yeah, something about this? Um, so, I mean, the focus on the global north is not so much because oh, we absolutely need to do research on the global north. Um, I, I guess we, there's plenty of us doing that. It's more, um, we thought we needed to give it um, historical and geographical setting, you know, to make sure that what we're talking about um, is situated somewhere specifically and we avoid to, to, to make it, you know, something that is universal. Like we're talking about economic relationships, we're talking about forms of family. These uh, have emerged historically and geographically in the global North, like within very specific system of thinking, of institutions, of policymaking and so on. They're not universal, they're not natural, they're not, um, they need to be situated, as I say, historically and geographical and geographically to make sense. Um, yeah, because that's just the research setting and like the context in which we're doing research and we're trying to be, uh, yeah, to critically reflect on that, that actually the, the things that we are looking at that might be alternative and like different forms of relating in this context might be like nothing new or um, might be something that has been like common practice in other parts of the world. And this whole idea of collectivity, of sharing in different ways, uh, it's something that we are suggesting that is opposed to the individualistic um, culture in, in which we are uh, that, that we are like looking at um, in here, like we're all doing research in Austria in the in the context, uh, the geographic context of Austria, and it might uh, not be um, yeah so alternative if we look at other parts of the world. Mm -hmm. I totally <laughs> Sorry, understand. We just it. discovered warm water. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I totally understand. I mean, so societies and systems are very different and it would be like a very different outcome um, doing that research, for example, in emerging or developing countries. I just thought that would definitely also be interesting, but of course you can't cover all of it in one research project. Um, and talking about um, systems, um, you are focusing on the global north and we have a capitalist economic and social system how would you say does our system affect the degree of emancipation and do you think are there even ways within our system to encourage it so if, if i get the question right uh, like coming from this um this uh, modern capitalist uh, capitalist society like what what are the specifics of of the of this context of research, you mean for gender equality? Yes, exactly. 
Um, so like, do we need to dismantle this model of economy or can we find emancipation within it? <laughs> well, is it is it a little bit? I think it's actually a good question because I see that a lot of research, especially in this context of work in which I'm doing research uh, and also like this, this whole idea of careers that we're talking uh, about in, in my research field, that it has a lot to do about very um, individualist uh, concepts of people of how people live and should live and uh, ideas of agency that are very um, yeah from like from very psychological point of view on which uh, people are very responsible for their own um, their own actions and and also it seems like sometimes that they're uh, kind of boundaryless conditions that they just like can do whatever they want if they work hard enough um, and I think that's a very western world view of how uh, how life can go um, or how how lives are actually that I think sometimes this embeddedness in in social structures is very much missing in our society because there's so much focus on the individuals and that also has um, the effect of research going into a direction that really um, that really gives the impression that that people are not are very responsible for their own uh, their own happiness and also their own um, position in society whether they are uh, rich or, or they are poor it's just a matter of working yourself up that like career ladder and putting enough effort in and if you do and if you work strong enough and if you're talented enough then you will achieve everything you want and I think that's a very western worldview and that you can also see in all those concepts um in, in gender studies that are going into a direction that is like just talking about very privileged uh, cis women who um, who lean in into those uh, those structures and try to reproduce them in order to uh, to go, go forward and in the end uh, many times um, it's just a matter of reproducing um, uh, stereotypical ways of of and very binary forms of uh, of gendered ideas that not really like lead to more gender equality. But it's actually, individual emancipation. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's not collective yeah. emancipation. No, it's like not. You might have individual cases of success, but exactly. that does not take away to the collective disadvantage. Thank you. That's exactly yeah, what yeah, I wanted yeah, to yeah, say. Yeah. And so you have those like those. Um, successful business woman who may achieve like um career success and and reach tops of i don't know um of universities or of uh, companies and who who have actual power in society but that is always and many times on the back of other women in our society women from uh from uh, with migration backgrounds or grandmas who take care of their kids or the nannies that they're like paying horribly and uh, many times like this uh those those um those parts of society in which less privileged women um are just like trying to or don't have the same opportunities and as long i think as uh, as it, there's so much segregation between the social classes and also um, the different um, um, people of different racial backgrounds, there is no uh, equality for everyone. And I think that's a very big problem in the, the feminist ideals of, of Western society. But I think that's why we try to do 
that's why we try to do intersectional research and all. I mean, the whole idea is how can we how can we make sure that the complexity that emerges from embodying a series of social categories, um, how can we make visible those specific conditions? And I think that's, for example, maybe a little bit more um, like, I mean, we are all doing this, like um, we're all adopting this approach, but I think, for example, that's quite a, like, that's very much orienting at least my research insofar as what I try to look at are very daily practices. Um, I mean, in the looking at this communities of people who decide to share their, um, you know, their salary, their debt, their, um, their property together, um, and who agree on, you know, to what extent, who contributes to what, and who uses what for what. I mean, these are very, like, daily uh, practices that I think do make emerge those differences that, um, those, let's say, inequality to the, towards access to economic resources. Um, and, in those, in, in trying to implement redistributive practices that are more, you know, that try to make up for those different access and um, to economic resources. Um, yeah, they are trying somehow to, 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 to minimize uh, the impact of those social inequalities. Like, of course, those are initiatives that are um, you know, I can hear the voices of many colleagues who, who would be saying, you know, yeah, but you're looking at something that it's so small and something that it's not, you know, a, a, a widespread um, phenomenon. But at the same time, isn't that how we actually become aware of to what extent certain privileges and certain disadvantages impact the material life of each one of us and each one of us is somehow um, occupying, and as I said earlier, like embodying a different series of social categories that come with different privileges and disadvantages, economics, economically speaking. Um, right now I'm, I'm talking just economically speaking, but um, yeah, isn't that, isn't, isn't, isn't making those, um, those specificities um, visible that will allow us to understand actually what emancipation is, because emancipation is often, I feel such a, you know, broad concept um, and how do we how do we actually understand what it, it might mean for um, in individual lives with that view on it's the individual life sure but also how do we what does that mean for the collective yeah um, and I think that's again where the where you can really see differences in um, in feminist like approaches to feminism in the global north and for example in uh, compared to the global south, uh, south because when you look at for example um, feminist groups um, from Latin America um, it's much more about a collective emancipation and um, collective efforts to achieve achieve gender equality compared to what's what's happening um, and the movements that there are in the global north. Mm. I mean, the global north is also a very diverse um, space, like maybe let's not forget that, yeah. but of course I think the stories of success that you're talking about are of course the stories, the stories of success 
for those people whose success is more easily achievable than others, meaning, um, yes, women, but maybe women who are white, as you said, yeah. and not women who come from uh, a migration background, for example, because those stories of success are much more difficult to, or, or require so much more sacrifices. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Does this answer your question? Or did we just fly away? I think we, we <laughs> kind of get lost. Right. You, you answered the questions and it was very interesting to listen to your conversation. Um, it's always um, cool to get you know, new insights that I personally have not thought about yet or our listeners have not yet thought about. Um, you probably already mentioned it in between, but maybe you can outline it really quick um how does your research i mean your that project right now but also your research in general and maybe also your uh, network a research network how does it contribute to achieving the sdg5 gender equality so i would say that in general um putting the spotlight on gender issues and topics of gender inequality and researching on those matters already makes some difference because many times the mainstream research uh, still looks at the world from a very male gaze and I mm. think just highlighting experiences of um, of uh, people who are not cis men that already does make a difference in terms of who do you look at and then um also the like um what makes a lot of difference is like the is the theoretical approaches that we work with and i think like the perspectives that we put up on the topics do have um coming from from um feminist research lenses queer theory research i think we already have a very different perspective on on issues of inequality for example i think the theoretical lens that we um that we use to look at research phenomena um already makes a difference also when you do it from a feminist perspective um because you just highlight realities that would not be seen otherwise or that are not being seen in the in the um in the mainstream research um also if i may yeah. i mean i think we also uh, to be honest maybe contribute by challenging it in the sense that of course i mean as you mentioned like sure we do feminist research but we also very much engage in queer theory and um i think insofar as we um like we definitely try to reproduce um a non dualist and non-binary understanding of, of what gender is so potentially we also challenge it in 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 rendering visible the diversity of gender experiences that there might be or in not giving for granted for example that we only speak about men and women men and women yes but what do we actually mean what kind of categories are we taking into account to how much do they extend beyond um maybe a more normative um, categorization. And I think what also makes a difference is that we actually also take um, materialist approaches into account, looking at how do actual resources distribute and how do inequalities, social inequalities 
um, how do they manifest in in like in in social realities but also in in economic forms mm -hmm. and in the end that's in a capitalist system that's what makes the big difference right of how your position in society um and so i think um that approach really also um is quite valuable um because it it allows to challenge um the the status quo that we're facing in in this capitalist patriarchal system mm -hmm. And also means saying, you know, we, we want more women up there, you know, what does it actually mean? Um, are we, are we, like, is, is, is the goal, like, equality is the goal to reproduce, and I guess we go back again at the idea of success that we, you were discussing earlier, you know, is the goal to allow more women, and I mean, just to mention, when I say women, I, I, I adopt um, a broader um, category, so I guess you would represent it in writing with um, with an asterisk. But in any case, you know what does it mean to bring more women there? Does it mean that we accept the model of Western success, and we just want more people to get there, or do we also want to question that very idea of success? So that very idea of emancipation, for example. I think it comes back to the question, do we need hierarchies in our society? Do we want to have people on the top and people on the bottom? Do we want a classist system um, in which we make those differences between like people that are privileged and people that are not? And do we want to reproduce that um, in like those those gender class structures? I mean, potentially the answer is easy, I guess it's like no certainly we do not but i guess then the the question becomes rather you know how do we build an alternative uh system to that and i think i do think that first we need to understand like the complexity of those experiences of being at the top and being at the bottom and and, and like and what i mean for you you do a lot of research on you know this, this history of success and what does it actually mean? So you do give a lot of visibility to the specific conditions of the lives of these women and how, how they achieve success to different extents and what are the stories of success that might be. I think definitely questioning, I mean, we do question, I think a lot of these foundational ideas of um, that are, yeah, I mean, social, economic, um yeah. yeah i think because you also mentioned um the the networks that we are engaging in and i oh, think right. that really um um there you can see that we're trying to do things differently or at least in the networks that we are engaged in so you mentioned um the phd the gender studies phd network at uh, Univin, but also um the um, feminist initiative at, at VU, at the University of Economics and Business um, in Vienna. They, we also started a, a group of, um, of feminist scholars, but also students at, at the university. Um, and there, um, I think in both, both networks, it's super important for all of us that we actually don't reproduce those hierarchies and that we don't end up with people being in the top and being at the bottom and having more or less power in those spaces, but to try to really like um, to, to achieve, um, to build spaces in which we are um, in which we all have the, the same kind of power to participate, to, to have a saying, and also to give space to, to people who are maybe 
um, who maybe don't have that space in in other in other places mm -hmm. in society, mm -hmm. and to actually listen and to be there for each other. This actually, I mean, thank you for bringing this up because I was also thinking. I mean, one of the things that um, that the network uh, which I'm part of tries to do, or I mean, I, I guess I'm not sure if that's one of the goals, but it's definitely one of the one of the practices that we have. Uh, is um, you know I mean not the practices but I guess the things that somehow like we definitely we are part of a system that invites us to um, to a certain extent compete against each other because I mean the level of funding particularly if you're interested in doing research in gender studies is not unlimited um, it's not the level of standing that other a field of studies have, um, be it natural sciences, be it maybe also business, actually. Um, so to a certain extent, we know that uh, we are all PhD students and we might at some point be competing for the same, um, you know, the same spots in conferences, the same uh, research funding, if we want to proceed in this environment, in, in this academic environment and so on. But but interestingly enough, that really does not seem to be a, a dimension when actually I think what we're trying, what we do and what gives us the most joy and satisfaction is the fact that we're, we are trying to build solidarity to support each other. Um, so I think to a certain extent, we are also in that sense um, questioning somehow or, or not. Um, producing those those you know traditional ideas of of individual success um. also because you're speaking of solidarity um in the feminist initiative at at vu we actually also um we we try to build those spaces in which we um support each other and share um experiences of discrimination that we've experienced mm -hmm. in this in the context of academia but also for the students in the context of of uh, university their classes the classrooms also for teachers in in the context of teaching and it uh, it also seemed to be very important to be able to share those things with someone who mm -hmm. actually um, is there to to listen who understands the struggle and and to who shares those experiences because it was really um, we did several sessions in which we just like came together to to share and talk about experiences of discrimination that we made in different in different settings and it was really um, really really important for us to to support each other and to to be there for each other and we could all notice how much we also did not reflect on certain things and just when um when your colleague or your student uh mentions something it just like jumps to your eye that mm -hmm. like what's really happening and and mm -hmm. that there are so many things that are not okay actually and that you want to also call out that and maybe we ourselves are yeah. producing because i mean we might be we might have some we might have the best intentions but we are still complicit and yeah. reproducing some some of this um discriminations maybe i mean i think that yeah. is a very important thing also to take responsibility for that 
For sure, also in the dynamic of students and teachers, because that's also part mm -hmm. of our job. We are not only researchers, but we are also engaged in teaching and also students. So we are PhD students ourselves and also teachers. Um, and I think that also um, struck me that actually we don't um, we don't come together very often um, in um, in the context of, of academia or of universities um, at eye level with our students. Usually there, um, there are relationships of, of dependence. They are dependent on us, on gradings, on, mm -hmm. on stuff like that. And coming together to actually talk about experiences of discrimination that each of, one, uh, of us had made um, was really, really, it was really good actually to, to find that common ground together and to, to not engage in in those hierarchical um yeah positionings that we are used to normally and to really like look at each other on eye level and and speak to each other and be very open about those topics and learn from each other i mean it's a kind of awareness raising work that you did and in, in, in like bringing to attention maybe um different dynamics to each other that otherwise one maybe would would feel and uh, like would feel the unease of it but not really be able to put words as to okay what 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 actually just happened no yeah but also i think you need that collective space to think strategies together you know strategies to to implement for yourself but maybe also as you said you know maybe also for your students or for um yeah like for colleagues how to support each other how to support each other maybe against also institutional practices that are uh, still reproducing some discriminations or or even just exclusions no of, yeah. of, of certain people so yeah you do need that collective setting to think strategies because otherwise it's too big a weight on one's on one person's shoulders yeah i think that is also part of what we try to do like whenever um whenever one of us makes a specific experience or or you know some of us because i mean some of us also work together or work in different like in the same departments and so on or you know organize events together um and they make specific experiences that at that point in time they don't know how to handle it's also good to bring them to that space and be like okay what else could we have done and maybe some of us have resources that others do not have and we can just share them and indeed bring um like bring solutions to the table i mean not solution but bring strategies to the table to maybe tomorrow limit the effects of that dynamic that took place or avoid it together or create um um, a safer space to some with the awareness that maybe in that moment you did not succeed in doing that. And I think what it also says a lot about is like we're talking about creating or feeling such a strong need to create safer spaces mm -hmm. in the context of university and academia. And I think that does say a lot about um, the, the space actually that, mm -hmm. that we're working in because it's not safe for everyone. Um, and so we, we do feel the need to build those networks and build those safe spaces in which we feel understood, in which we feel like we share experiences mm -hmm. and where we can talk freely without being um, judged or talked down or... Um, or without having to explain, because yeah. I think that's a big part of... I mean, no space is safe, but we can strive to create safer spaces. Yeah. 
but I think yeah one of the struggles generally is like maybe you are in a situation where you've experienced something there are complexity of emotions connected to this uh to this experience and you definitely do not have the energy to also have to explain it to someone who starts from a position of nah really did everything happen or or you know like in a position of dismissing something or in a position of sure wanting to hear but not having any references mm -hmm. at all to what that might be um which is you know the whole like on the one hand feeling like you need to educate people and when you need support that is definitely not what you want to do <laughs> and also not explain yourself again and again yeah. if you if you just like need to be heard and accepted and yeah. not in a position of defending yourself yeah, so i sure. think it's really important to build those spaces where you yeah. don't have to defend yourself but for those spaces you also need you know more and more diverse environments where such safe spaces can be created because you're not alone there mm. you know Yeah. So and that happens when you have, you know, a diversity of students, a diversity of PhD students, a diversity of postdocs, and where none of them, none of us is alone in trying to, you know, do things differently or, mm -hmm. um, or, or encountering facing this, this, um, like discriminatory or exclusionary dynamics, um, like in order to make a group that support each other you need to have the members work which means you need to have more diverse um and you have to search for them i noticed that it's like that there is such a big need for those groups and those those networks of solidarity mm. um but people are so scattered in those spaces mm. because they are minorities that you really have to look for them so me for example being part of your phd group of mm -hmm. the university of vienna is because honorary member so that says a lot about like um the need for it because i i'm i have to move universities <laughs> to be in a network like that but also um it says a lot about um about how how much effort you have to actually put yourself into um to finding your peers and coming together because it's it's not that easy it's not like there are so many options that are brought to the table mm -hmm. you have to find each other um like but you know for example you change university so to speak and you come but For example, you come to an environment that I I would say it's mostly a white environment, for example. So that is already telling us something about the composition of PhD students. Because in that group, I mean, sure, there are a series of parameters already. It's like, okay, it's people working with gender studies. It's people in Vienna. It's people, I mean, all of these uh, spaces create certain exclusions already. I mean, for example, it's a mostly white environment, which means that it might not be that safe a space for people of color, which might, I mean, whether that means that there are more people of color who are PhD students, but simply maybe they don't read the group yet as a safe space, or maybe there are not so many PhD students that are people of color. And those are the questions that, you know, um, 
keep yeah. coming up on how do we make these spaces more inclusive but also more safe and i think what also like what you just said maybe there are just not so many that's also when you look at um the university system and you look at who works there like on the top positions in the full professorships it's mostly white cis men yeah. who um who are in those positions so um also being um like wanting to 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 do and that academic career who Sorry, set the standard because that those are the people on which standards are built and which and who like on who on whom standards are be built and who build the standards yeah. which of course are also a bit of a club also <laughs> for what is good research of course and what is important good. research and i think that's what exactly like i feel I can feel it many times that I have to defend myself if I say that I'm doing research on gender equality because it's just not not really taken so seriously mm. many times. And you go look for you go look for um, support, maybe not in your immediate group of peers. Exactly. Be it, you know, the PhD network of the University of Vienna, or yeah. be it, you know, colleagues in that you meet at international conferences. Which is also, I think, a very important support network that can be built. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, thank you so much. You just answered so many of my questions without <laughs> me even asking them. <laughs> it was well, super we like to talk. Can you tell? <laughs> <laughs> it was super interesting to listen to you too, maybe in the end of the episode. Is there anything else you would like our listeners to take away or is there one point you want to especially outline um, regarding the SDG5 gender equality? I think what, what I would really like to add is um, try to join those solidary groups <laughs> <laughs> and to, to become become part of it and to make a difference for for the people who are actually involved in it so i think um it would be nice to to build bigger and bigger groups to so become are you, are more you people to fellow phd researchers or who are you speaking to when you invite them to join i think like it depends on the network but for example the um the initiative at the university of business and economics in vienna it's really like uh, targeting students mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. bachelor yeah. students master yeah. students phd students but also people who work in the context of the university mm -hmm. whoever is interested in feminist topics please join mm -hmm. and yeah, for the the phd group for gender studies of course it makes sense if you're in that field and if if you're doing a of PhD. Course, certainly. Yeah. Even though I think one of the things that we wanted to do from the beginning was, well, actually, you know, you don't have to be in the field already to join, you know, like if like, because otherwise you're creating exclusions instead of um, instead of actually building those solidarities that you're trying to build. Um, but yeah, I think one of the things that we we said to ourselves was, okay, let's, you know, be having an interest in something it's enough you know which maybe of course it means that some of us might need to educate themselves more to be able to fully participate um, but that can also be a space in which to start that mm -hmm. i mean definitely i think there is a, a, a big need for for more self-education 
Yeah, that's also a good takeaway, maybe. Yeah, definitely. For especially everyone who has privileges in one way or another to reflect on them and to yeah. educate themselves, yeah. not expect that work from those who, who are actually facing the, the dark sides of patriarchy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope this I hope this episode also helps a little bit on reflecting the topic and it yeah. was really interesting to listen to you to you two and your insights and your research. So thank you so much again for taking the time and um, we'll, I'm really excited to read your research project when it's finished. <laughs> <laughs> thank thank you. you for having us. It was a pleasure. listening. We are Oikos Vienna, students for sustainable economics and management education. Be informed, get involved and make a difference.